0: everybody, welcome back to StormChamp. This is Storm Champ, the podcast that talks to everyday people about how they made it through storms in their life. My name is Carlos. I'm one of the co-creators of StormChamp and I am here to talk to Michelle Lee about a couple different storms in her life. And she's got a pretty amazing story and I am super excited to talk to her. So Michelle, welcome to StormChamp.
1: Hey Carlos, thanks for having me. Absolutely.
0: I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for being willing to come on the show. So what compelled me to want to talk to you so for some context for for the listeners you and I know each other through a a community called the inner circle and for those that don't know the inner circle you need to know it it's a probably one of the most supportive communities I've ever seen anywhere in life Um, it's about fitness it's about finding your best self it's just about support Um, it was originally started by a trainer named Jordan Syatt and um, it is kind of being spearheaded by him and uh, another trainer named Susan Niebergall. Both of them are super awesome. And we will include the links in the post for this show. But you and I know, met each other through uh, the Inner Circle. And mm-hmm. you po- and you posted something, I think it was earlier, was it was earlier this week or last week, that you posted about an accident that you had that really caught my attention. So um, you were saying that you forgot an anniversary of an accident that broke your neck and split your head. So tell, yeah. so tell me. <laughs> tell me about that accident.
1: I mean, I never really forget it, but I didn't realize it was the day when they would came and I was driving and then all of a sudden I was like, Wow, well, today's three years that I had the accident. So basically, I woke up in the middle of the night and I I guess I fainted I don't remember it really I remember waking up at the bottom of my stairs um I I I I remember I needed to get up to go to the bathroom I remember waking up for that and then that's the last thing I remember I woke up and thought that and, and once I realized where I was I thought okay let me get up I fell and I thought I could get up and I Tried to get up and nobody was around. Everybody was sleeping. It was July 1st and air conditioners were on and I guess the doors were closed. Nobody heard anything. My dog was going crazy though. And uh,
0: Perfect timing for the dog.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> then so um, I tried to push myself up and my husband came out of the room and he was like, don't move. And I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I can get up. He's like, don't move. And I was like, it's fine. And then I felt the blood.
2: Mm.
1: And I still was like, I'm fine. And I I, I stood up. And he's like, came down the stairs. And I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be fine. And I went to walk to the bathroom. And I stumbled into the bathroom and almost slammed myself into the toilet bowl wow. and he's like, I'm calling an ambulance. And I said, no, it's going to take too long to get an ambulance. Let's just drive. And he was like, you shouldn't be moving. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. fine."
2: Yeah.
1: and I made him put me in the car and we drove to the hospital. So and they immediately bypass triage. I immediately went into the ER to get examined. They put me in a neck brace and, um, first thing they did was so like stapled my head together. I cracked my head open. I, I needed seven staples in my head. And then I got a whole bunch of tests, MRIs and everything. And I had fractured my neck, my C4. And they said it was a stable fracture, but the C4 is really from what I understand, I'm lucky that I'm walking. Right. I'm lucky that I'm alive. And, um, so that's basically what happened with the accident. So, so,
0: so did you end up falling down the stairs? Then, is that what it was?
1: I did. I apparently a, I fainted, and we and and it. Okay, so I I, well, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. Yeah. I what I would guess is that I fainted, hit my head, and then fell down the stairs.
0: Wow! And probably the stair fall probably is what cracked the neck.
1: Well, I have a my house is a cape, so the stairs are like between a wall and. You know, if you know a cape, between, it's a wall. And then at the bottom of the stairs is my front door. So I basically just fell down the stairs and slammed into the door.
0: Mm, mm.
1: And then I was just kind of curled up in a ball there. And I don't really know for how long.
0: Wow, that's crazy. So how long did you stay in the hospital for?
1: Um, They released me. I was there for a day. I didn't have to stay overnight. They said, you know, it was a stable fracture. So... um I mean, I didn't need surgery,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I was in a neck brace and out of commission for. Uh, I think it was six weeks. I was in the neck brace before I could remove it, right. and um, that was it. But my career ended.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah, so talking. So you were doing. Uh, you were a fitness coach at that point, right?
1: I was a personal trainer, personal trainer and a group fitness instructor, okay. so I taught um, various different formats: spin, boot camp, boxing, uh, sculpt, aquafit. It was my main; it was my career,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, across multiple gyms. So I didn't think I was not going to be able to return. The doctor told me, you know, I would heal and I would be able to return, and that didn't happen. I wasn't able to lift weights for a year and a
0: half. Oh, interesting. So, so you're, you're released from the hospital, you know, you're in this neck brace did. And then, so what caught, Like, how come you didn't, couldn't lift the weights where you just, was, was that part of your recovery and the physical therapy and everything that happened?
1: Part of my recovery, I had to do physical therapy, but I also herniated my C5-6 and my C6-7. Oh, god. So it. Okay. I had, I said, you know, had injuries that, you know, I didn't have before right. and I was in a lot of pain.
0: Got it. So, so, so there was more than just the neck break. There was herniated discs and everything happening. Yeah, too.
1: herniated discs came from it and, you know, I couldn't lift weights because I, I was still fragile. Like, although the bone fused and I healed, I still, you know, was fragile. Like I had to give it a lot of time before it was really like, I guess, stable
0: Did you end up getting a concussion too? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So the recovery, the herniated discs, and um, you had mentioned in your post that you you fell at that point, that you you lost a 15-year career, you're losing, you felt like you were lost in your identity and your purpose. So walk me through what that was like.
1: So at first, at first I thought I did go back like when the doctor cleared me I went back to spinning just teaching spinning but I couldn't ride the bike so I had to coach off the bike for a little while and then after a while like I felt like I wasn't getting better Mm -hmm. like because I was putting strain you know I would demo I would get off I would get back on but I really wasn't healing um and between me and my my boss, we well it's uh I I kinda got pushed out. Mm, okay. Like they weren't willing to wait for me to heal sure. the whole time. Sure. So I kinda got pushed out in a not so great way and it, it led to me feeling like I wasn't good enough. Mm. I, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but I got pushed out and I didn't want to be pushed out. Yeah. My career was everything to me. It was my passion. It was my purpose. I wanted to return to it and I wasn't given the opportunity to do so. I was like, that was good. Like, that's how I felt.
0: So you mentioned your passion and your, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, that's okay. Go ahead. So you
0: mentioned that it, you felt it was your passion and your purpose. And this is, so I guess if we go back a little bit more in time, then is you, you talk about how you had a journey where you lost a hundred pounds that, and that is amazing. And so, and so I'm talk me through that path leading to you becoming a fitness trainer, a personal trainer and then hitting the accident. Right. So how did that, how did that work?
1: Okay. So I've been overweight my whole life from eight years old. And, um, I don't know. One day I had, seen a picture of myself I was miserable I was almost 300 pounds at one point um I was in my early 30s and I saw a picture of myself and I was just I mean my knees buckled from this picture and it's not like I wasn't miserable because I was always miserable and self-conscious but that picture changed everything for me and then the next day I just joined Weight Watchers and a gym and that was it I just was on a mission gym became my church I fell in love with fitness and I lost the weight and as I lost the weight I fell more and more in love with fitness and I was like this is what I am supposed to be doing like I want to help anybody who feels the way I felt before feel the way I feel now. And I would have people come up to me in the gym and say to me, are you a trainer? And I didn't look like a trainer. I wasn't even at my goal yet. Like I'm a sick girl, you know, like that's just the way I'm built. Um, but I'm strong and fit and people asked me that. And I was like, I said to the gym manager, I want to be a personal trainer, but I got to wait till I'm at my goal. And he said, why do you have to wait till you're at your goal? And I said, because who's going to take me seriously? And he goes, let me tell you something. He goes, oh, my dogs are very distracting. Do you hear them? It's
0: all good. Yep, It's all good. We'll, we'll hear them a little bit in the recording, but it, it'll, they'll be all right. You're doing great.
1: Oh, something must be going on outside. Anyway, <laughs> he said, let me tell you something. You know what you're doing. And you are very motivating and inspiring, and if you get into the, ind- the fitness industry, you'll notice that not all fitness trainers are look like they should be on the cover of Muscle and Fitness magazine. It's not about what you look like. You could look the part and not know anything and be really unmotivating. Right. You have what it takes. I think you should do it now. And I took his advice. And I went and got certified and I did a very intense program at Hofstra university. And like, I, I went all in, right. all in. And I got certified as a personal trainer and, um, I, that's, that's how it started. Right. And I started with just people I knew at Weight Watchers who wanted my help and privately very intimidated by going into a gym because I had this, Hang up that I wasn't on, the, didn't look the part, so I wasn't going to be taken seriously. Right. And then something changed in my life financially, and I was like, I need to make more money. And I walked into a gym. I just I took every insecurity I had, walked into the gym, and said, Are you hiring? And they said, No, not right now. And I said, Okay, well, you know, I've lost over a hundred pounds and I I sold myself. And by the end of that conversation, she was like, Oh, have you ever seen our gym? And I was like, no. And she was like, come take a tour. And I was like, okay. And she was like, have you ever worked the floor before? And I said, no. And she goes, well, I can't put you in as a personal trainer yet, but if you could work the floor and do orientations and maybe try and pick up clients on your own, we could do it like that. Mm, okay. And like within the first month, six weeks, she was like, you have sold more personal training packages than anybody I've ever seen. She was like, we're moving you off the floor into the personal training that's studio. Awesome. That's awesome. awesome. I said, all right. And that's how it all began.
0: So you mentioned, I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into the, the, the weight loss and, and kind of how that went. Because um, you mentioned seeing this picture and then something just changed at that point. What was that thing? Like what changed for you?
1: I was standing next to my sister and we were at my other sister's wedding. Both my sisters, I'm the middle child. Both of them are thin, tall, never battled weight in their life. And when I went, I, I, like I said, I was always really unhappy and insecure and felt less than, and when I, and always started a diet, I was, I was, Starting a diet at the beginning of the day and was woke up gung ho and every night I went to bed a failure because I just I didn't do it. Like woke up doing all the right things, went to bed eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's and pine of Lomaine, whatever. Right. And so I went my sister was getting married in the Bahamas and we flew out and I had what I thought was a nice dress and I looked good. And which was really more like a tent and I saw the picture and I'm standing next to my tall, thin, beautiful sister. And I just was like, you're huge. Like it it just made my knees buckle. Like I just, I don't know, the switch flipped right in that moment. And it was my defining moment.
0: Right. That's always that moment you go back to when you realize everything changed. Yeah. Yeah. So, starting out, where, what was the goal? Starting out,
1: just feel better about myself, feel healthier. Really, really, what what it was was. So I have a daughter. At the time, she was three.
2: Mm, okay.
1: And I remember being insecure and like not. I couldn't fit on a roller coaster. Not that she was old enough at the time, but like I couldn't, I couldn't fit on a roller coaster. I didn't want to wear a bathing suit. I want, ran out of breath easily. I didn't want to be the mom who couldn't do things, run around with my child. That was it, that was another factor. I didn't want to, her to be embarrassed or ashamed of me, and I didn't want history to repeat itself. I wanted to be a good role model for her. So with that in combination, and that that was the main reason why I kept trying and I kept failing. And the picture, for some reason, seeing myself in that moment, tied it all together. And so, you know, kids, they... they they are products of their environment if I would have had her grow up in an environment of fast food and crap and junk and and being sedentary she would have ended up the same right very possibly
0: I think you said something really important and I want to make sure we talk about it so you said the goal was to feel better Mm -hmm. not to lose weight not to hit a certain weight Right. And I think that's super important. Like you did it for, I think most people go into that saying, I just need to lose weight. And I'm not sure that's the right thing to go after. Right. You, you mm-hmm. saying I wanted to feel better is very different. And that's the thing is awesome. And I think that's a key takeaway to all of this is like, okay, yes, you want to lose weight, but why Like, dive into why you want to do that? Like what's, what's driving that reason behind it? And hopefully, I think if they dive deep enough into it, they realize, oh, I do. I wanna feel better. Like you were saying, I wanna be able to be active with my child and all these other things. But I think you really have to, you gotta get past that first step of, I just wanna lose weight. It's not gonna be good enough. It's not gonna be enough to get you to that next level, right? Or that next phase, right. right? So once you did you just, you know, as you're kind of going through it and following some program, what you mentioned, Weight Watchers, mm-hmm. did you set goals for yourself? Or mm-hmm. you just, you just went like I wherever it ended.
1: It, like the only goal I had was to, ju- I mean, like, I, I, I had joined so many gyms in the past. This never went like, I just wanted to do both simultaneously. I set mini goals, like 10 pound goals, like just chip away at it 10 pounds at a time. Um, And goals for myself in the gym, like literally when I walked in the gym, I couldn't do nothing more than a recumbent bike. And I couldn't really do it more for like 20 minutes. And then I did an orientation with a trainer and he said, all right, we're going to get you off the recumbent bike and we're going to put you on an elliptical. And I was like, oh God, He put me on the elliptical. And within five minutes, I was like, I can't, I can't do that. I couldn't breathe. I was like, I I can't. He's like, you can. I was like, no, I can't. I really can't breathe. You got to get me off this thing. Mm -hmm. And then within a month, I was on it for like... 30,
0: 45 minutes later.
1: yeah, Yeah. And I loved it. And I always just tried to beat myself. Like I always wanted to like top myself and just... And I didn't do any strength training at all in the beginning. It was all just cardio.
2: Yeah.
1: Until I learned and I started to read and you know just educate myself and then I learned I need to start like changing my body composition and I started I bought a book and it was called weight training workouts that work and it led you through a 12-week program and I just followed it verbatim and my body composition started to change right. and that's when people started to notice and started asking me for advice and I was like, I don't know anything. Like I'm just, you're just like you. And that's when my passion
0: started to grow. Sure. Yeah. Um, So taking on your first set of clients, what was that like?
1: Scary. (laughs) Scary, but um, I just took what I knew and I just, I mean, they didn't know a lot either. I took on overweight clients, people who were, you know, trying to lose weight, people, the people at Weight Watchers who watched me lose weight, they were like, as soon as you get certified, I'm hiring you. And so I worked with them. So we really needed to like start out slow. And my demographic has always been women. Like I really haven't trained men very often. I've trained some. I I'm certified in boxing. So I had a couple of male clients that I would hold mitts for and hold a kick pad for. And I love doing that. That's so much fun. But, um, as far as like bodybuilding kind of stuff, I, I that's not my, my niche, like yeah. my niche is like women who are trying to lose weight and, or just get into shape or, you know, build strength. Um, mostly. So, um, I was confident, but nervous. Right. I mean, I right. guess starting out as, you know, anybody would be. How long did it Do take it?
0: you? How long did it take you to lose the 100 pounds?
1: A year and a half.
0: Okay. And so getting to that, like, how did, I guess, let me ask you, how did it feel when you hit 100? Like, cause I'm sure you were, I mean, you're tracking, right? So, like, you knew it was oh, yeah.
1: coming. Yeah. Yeah. I went to my weigh ins every week, I was in my meeting every week. And, <laughs> It felt amazing. It felt like a huge accomplishment. I was very proud of myself, Um, and 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 I changed because of it. Like I don't think I became immediately more confident. Like I think that's the mental thing I had to go through. Like I did not become more confident when the weight came off. Mm. I still saw an overweight person in the mirror. I saw the number, and I knew you know, you know, saw the, the number decrease every week, but I didn't see it in the mirror all the time. Sometimes I still looked at myself and I was like, I had body dysmorphia and, right. and didn't really see
0: it. So the first part of the battle is losing the weight and, and getting to that goal, right. Or getting to that number, then the harder part is stay keeping it off. Right. So how did, do, how does it, Oh yeah, for than sure. Losing. Absolutely. People don't realize until you get there and you're like, Holy crap, this sucks. Um, what, how did that work for you? How did you keep it off?
1: Well, I learned a lot, you know, I didn't just, I didn't lose it super fast. I didn't do a fad. I ate healthy, foods. I learned about food. I love to cook. So I cooked a lot. Um, I read food labels. I educated myself and I changed my habits. Like I really, I, I changed my habits. Like I completely made a lifestyle switch. And so when you do that over time and it stays with you, like I started living my life differently than I did before. I wasn't eating pizza Ben and Jerry's I wasn't ordering pizza and Chinese food I you know found ways to cook my favorite things in a healthier way I worked out I was active and you know I struggle I still struggle it's never you're never cured you know I I've had to reel myself back in at times and not always happy where my weight lands and I continue to just push forward
0: what, um, oh, I just completely lost the question I was going to ask you.
1: <laughs> It'll come back to you.
0: Yeah. So you're training, you're, you're a personal trainer, you're training people, you do this, you're doing this for a number of years. Then you have your accident that mm-hmm. is, for the lack of a better word, taken away from you now, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. what, what happened then with you?
1: So during the healing process I was terrified of gaining my weight back because mm-hmm. I swore I would never be a hundred pounds heavier again. Right. And without the fitness, I was terrified, not realizing that it's all about nutrition. Like I knew I know nutrition was a part, but you know, I worked out a lot I taught a lot of classes I was always straight I was training myself I was teaching like 10 classes a week and I knew that or I felt at the time that if I hadn't gotten into fitness I don't know if I would have been successful at keeping the weight off like I really put a lot of like energy into what the fitness part did for me as well so as I was healing, I, I got really nervous about that, and I, 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 I kind of did some not the best things. Like, I drank shakes, and I tried to, you know, uh, restrict to keep the weight off, but it didn't work. Mm-hmm. I did gain weight, and I know you saw the pictures of kind of, like, the timeline. Mm-hmm. I did gain some weight. I gained about 25 pounds. Um, I ended up getting a desk job which I hated because I need to move. I love to move, but I had no choice. All I was allowed to do was walk at the time. And, um, I got very depressed, Mm. very depressed. I was very dark to the point where I was even pushing my friends away. Like I, I was so such a drain on them because, I didn't realize I was complaining all the time, but I was complaining all the time. I was having a pity party. I was like, I don't even know who I am anymore. I've lost my identity. I I've lost my purpose. I can't do what I love and and I I I was not in a good place at all. At all. I felt hopeless. I felt broken. Mm. This is what I felt. So, I pushed a lot of people away in my life that I cared about, and not because I I wanted them out, but because I became exhausting. I think.
0: So how'd you get deal out? With. How'd you get out?
1: Well, one day, um, well, I was working this. I was working this desk job, and I was miserable. And then I started having some stomach issues. And I went to um, a a gastroenterologist, and she wanted to give me a uh, upper endoscopy. So I went in for the procedure. But but prior to that, I thought, I can't stay here. Like, I have to do something different. I have to reinvent myself. And that's when I got the idea, because I was like, I have to continue helping people. I can't work a desk job. And the desk job was causing me pain,
0: sitting all day. Yeah, because you're sitting, yep.
1: And so I started to get numbness and tingling down my arm. That was debilitating. I couldn't function. I was in tears every day. I couldn't, I really couldn't function. It turns out that those herniated discs were pressing on a nerve. Mm -hmm. And so I had to get more MRIs and and. Um, he said, we're not running to the table, but you are a candidate for surgery. And mm. before you go to surgery, you might want to try some less invasive measures, chiropractic, uh, what's the needle? Oh, acupuncture. Acupuncture. Yeah. Um, beforehand. Sure. So I pull the nerve off of the 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 disc off of the nerve yep. um and I had uh epidurals done all kinds of things for the pain but I'm, I'm okay now I have some pain from time to time so I started doing the chiropractor when I was at, still working at the desk job and then I had these stomach issues and I went in for the upper endoscopy and when I went under anesthesia i I, I got to go back again. <laughs> so when I thought about what I would do to reinvent, that's when the idea of studying nutrition. Yeah, okay. That's how, uh, that, that's where that started. Got but it. I had to put that on the back burner because of all the pain I was in. Sure. And I had to get through that. So under anesthesia, my heart rate dropped into the 20s. Whoa. And they had to pull me out and I went to the ER. And they found nothing wrong with me.
2: EKGs,
1: echoes, everything came back fine. But they were like, We can't really redo this test until we, you get cardiologist clearance. Right, yeah. So I went to the cardiologist and they ran a whole bunch of tests. They put me on a halter monitor. I had to have an echo, echoes, EKGs, and a stress test, a nuclear stress test. And um, so we started with the halter monitor. And I was told I could start working out again. I was out of pain. The chiropractor worked. I was going three times a week. And I'm in my basement. I'm working out. And we get the phone call. It's like 730 at night. And it is someone from the monitoring company because I'm wearing the halter monitor while I'm working out. They're like, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm actually working out. The guy goes. Well, we're picking something up on the Holter monitor. You're having an event, and uh, we're going to send the report to your doctor, and he'll call you in the morning. So I was like, okay. So the next morning, the doctor calls, and he's like, Well, we're picking up these like intermittent signals, sure. and your heart is the top of your heart is not communicating with the bottom of your heart. So when it's telling it. Top of your heart is saying pump blood, bottom of the heart's not listening.
2: Oh, in interesting. In
1: terms, that's basically what was going on. And it seems like it's an electrical problem. <laughs> said, all right. So they're like, we want to run you for Lyme tests because Lyme disease can cause these breaks in the yeah. heart, like. Whatever, These type whatever of symptoms. Called, like, dis- disturbances.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And if you have Lyme disease, we can solve it and then it'll everything will be fine. So he wanted to set me up with an infectious disease doctor. So in the meantime, I'm making the appointment with the infectious disease doctor. Still wearing the Holter monitor. I couldn't get an appointment for a couple of weeks. So I'm having the echo. I'm having the EKG and they're all coming back normal. So now the culture monitor is gone it's sent back they're reviewing everything and they picked up a lot of events nothing of which i felt
2: right right
1: i taught group fitness spinning boxing boot camp you name it with no event ever i never felt anything yeah so i go in for the stress test and i'm on the treadmill and now I'm a fit person, I can run, I've run half marathons, like, you know, those were some of the goals that I wanted to achieve when losing weight, I started running, and
2: I can't run anymore,
1: I can't do anything impact anymore, but I'm on a treadmill, I'm walking, and three minutes in, I cannot breathe at all, Mm. like, I can't breathe, I'm like, I have to stop, I have to come off, and so they pulled me off, and I had a full heart block. I went into a full heart block.
0: Holy
1: smokes! So like we're calling an ambulance and you're going into the ER. I mean, you're being admitted into the hospital. And I said, admitted? And they're like, yeah, we can't let you come out because you can faint at any given moment behind the wheel of a car, crossing a street, whatever. And then everything came full circle. That is why I fainted and fell down the stairs. Finally, oh. a reason... For the accident, and this is two years later.
0: Interesting.
1: So it's, I'm in the hospital for six days, and they're doing all kinds of tests. The infectious disease doctor came to me, turns out I did not have Lyme disease. They wanted it to be Lyme disease because the other only option now is a pacemaker. And I'm too young for a pacemaker. They don't want to give me a pacemaker. I'm not going to outlive it. Most people who get pacemakers are old. And they outlive it. I'm going to have to have another surgery to replace the battery at some point because mm-hmm. I'm too young for a pacemaker. Right. They did not want to give me one, but I ended up needing one. And it, everything that they ruled out, it, 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 you know, everything that they thought it might be, it wasn't. So it turns out that um, my sinus node, which is your body's natural pacemaker, um, wasn't working it didn't fire mm. so they are guessing that it is congenital and something that I've had all my life that I luckily never experienced anything until I fell that day yeah.
0: so and then you didn't even know what it was because you didn't feel it
1: yeah I don't uh, I don't feel it I don't yeah. feel anything so um having a low heart rate was normal for me because I'm fit and people have right
0: your heart rate's better
1: yeah Um, it never sent out a red flag or anything so i have two leads i have uh two wires one in my atrium and one in my ventricle and anytime it picks up uh you know where my heart rate drops to a place where it shouldn't it kicks in it doesn't it's not always working i don't always need it but it'll kick in so i never have a almost fatal accident again. And um, that's pretty much what happened with so,
0: that. So and, it feels like you're getting hit a couple times or like over a few year period. Right. So where, where were you, what was your head at, at that point?
1: Well, when I was, when I was cleared to work out again, and before I found out about the heart thing, when I was cleared to work out again, I was really gung ho about it. And I was, um, I already like signed up for this nutrition program and I was ready to go. And I started and I was feeling great. And then I had another episode with the disc pushing on the nerve. Uh And Mm. so that set me back again. So every time I started to build momentum, I fell back after the surgery and after the, um, pacemaker was implanted I then again had stopped you know not work out again because if I lifted anything or pulled anything I pulled the lead out it had to like in there yeah and that's when I threw myself into nutrition I didn't have a job and I got because I I had gotten laid off from the office job when I was wearing the halter monitor they let me go Mm. and I was Devastated because I needed the insurance. Right. Yeah. And I, um, they nice enough. They extended my insurance for me until, uh, you know, I got through everything. So once I was um, out of the hospital, I did a three or four month program in six weeks, every single day of the nutrition program, every single day I went I got up, I got dressed and I went to this little coffee shop by my house with my laptop and I did all like, there was reading and lessons and modules and tests. There were 16 exams and I went through the whole thing in six weeks and then that's how I ended up transitioning from group fitness instructor, personal trainer to nutrition coach and now I'm personal training clients again Um, and then, but I had this weight to you know that i was still holding on to that i wasn't happy with i felt weak i felt i lost all my muscle i i felt crappy again right and that's when i found the inner circle Mm. and i followed jordan for a really long time And then um, decided to join and do the Unicorn Strong. And once I started doing the Unicorn Strong, um, I don't know. I got my, I I got my, my fire back, my power back. I don't know what it was, but I started. Oh, I joined it. It was Thanksgiving. It was simultaneously around the same time that I joined the IC and I decided to get back to a gym. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So I joined the gym and I hired a trainer and I worked with the trainer twice a week. And then the, the other days that I wasn't working with the trainer, I was doing unicorn strong and the weight started to come off and I started to get strong again and I started to just get my confidence back and know that, you know, and, and, and that's pretty much where, where it went. And then
0: when you you started with the inner circle where you're still feeling like depressed and and, okay. And so part of the, the the journey for you with inner circle was coming out of that depression then too.
1: I think between hiring a trainer and getting back in, when I got back in the gym, I felt alive again. Right. Like, that's where I belong. I belong in a gym. I belong. I need metal in my hands. I need to lift. Like it's just who it's, it's how I feel. I don't know how to explain it, but that's like home to me. Right. Like I said before, when I was losing the weight, like the gym was my church. Like I needed to be there all the time. Getting back in the gym kind of put that fire back in me too. But I was also scared to work out too hard i was you know dealing with limitations i never had before mentally i wanted to go as hard as i always did physically i wasn't capable of it Mm -hmm. and i had to remember i you know i can't lift anything overhead anymore i can't do anything plyometric anymore um i have to be careful i can't um internally rotate so i have to do a lot of things on my fist And you know, so I have to be very, very careful because this injury. Although I am recovered from it, I suffer from pain. You
0: know,
1: yeah. I still suffer from pain.
0: So, now what's what's happening today? Then you're you and and I want because I watch on Instagram. I know I know like you you showed, I think your, your weight, like the graph it was yesterday or today. You showed a graph yeah, of yesterday. your weight. Yeah. Yeah. My
1: weight. <laughs> well, saw you saw the,
0: yeah, the, the trend, the trend lines, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so, uh, so what's happening today then? Like, how's everything going?
1: Everything's great. Like I'm super motivated. Um, I gave myself, so when the, the pandemic happened, I couldn't go to the gym anymore. Right. I was, so in my rhythm, like yeah. I, I, I was like, what do you mean I can't go to the yeah. gym? That's when, you know, I, um, I really went like, I, I did fat, rapid fat loss then because mm. I was gaining weight. I was inactive. I lost all of my activity. And so,
0: Again, so, so for the audience, rapid fat loss is one of the programs in the inner circle.
1: Needed to get like the, some weight was creeping back on again. I was inactive. I wasn't moving at all. So, with doing that, and then I gave myself a challenge of um, 10,000 steps a day.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Every day, I was like, I'm hitting a minimum of 10,000 steps. So, I started walking every day in addition to my training. Sure. And uh, I, li- I have a lot of equipment in my basement from my training, you know, going to client's house. So I have, I lift every, not every day, four times a week. Um, and I just started moving more. Yeah. And it, it, it's become such, it's become a thing for me. Like I, I, every day, like I have not missed a day. It's 78 days now. So May 2nd was the day I decided I was going to start doing this. And every morning I go out and I walk 10,000 steps before my day even starts.
0: Yeah. How did you handle the beginning of like the COVID stuff? And the reason I, I for contact, like the beginning, like for, six, it took me six weeks, six to eight weeks to like, feel like, okay, what am I gonna doing here? Like I, there was like this weird fog for like six yeah. to eight weeks. Yeah. So how was it for you?
1: It was hard. I, I, you know, I was out of work still. Like I coach clients. I have some clients, but like, I was working part-time in a doctor's office and they laid me off two weeks before COVID happened. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, there's no way for me to even find another job. Um, and I pretty much was like stressed about money, freaking out about money like everybody else. I was inactive, lazy, picking on food, you know, like everybody else. And it took me until May 2nd to be like, okay, this ends now.
2: Changing, yeah, it
1: took me a while. And that's when I was like, you have to move more. You have to move. And I, the weight has fallen, or like any weight I put on and the, the weight that I gained during my accident time and whatever, it's off. It, I've dropped a lot of weight and I feel really good and healthy and strong and emotionally strong and just better all around.
0: So looking back at the journey, what's the number one piece of advice that you can give people that are feel like they're just getting hit after hit? They take a step to hit a wall and... Cause I, I, that's what that's what i kept thinking when you're explaining this is like you take a step and bam you get hit by something else and take another step and bam you get hit by something else like what's the what's the advice you can give someone that's going through this right now
1: you, you can't quit you just can't ever quit like you're there are always gonna be obstacles always I will probably have more you know different ones whatever you know there, there's we're always gonna have obstacles and if you can't get through it one way you can't go through it i always say go over it under it or around it but there's always a way to get there as long as you don't quit you know i've been called a lot of things but never a quitter Mm -hmm. i uh you know i i started therapy when i was losing myself and my therapist says says to me that He, like, compares me to a piece of Tupperware because he's like, you've been through a lot, and there are other things in my life not related to this that I've had to go through, lost. I lost my mom when I was really young. Um, He's like, but you know how Tupperware starts out all nice and shiny, but then it gets stained and it gets scratched. And it gets dinged, but it keeps on working. He's like, and that's you. He's like, you keep on, you still work. You're still working. You just are a little more banged up. But, you know, he's like, so you're resilient. And, you know, we're all resilient. And we can all handle hard things. And if, you know, you can't figure it out one way, one way, find another way. I, I don't know if that's, no, that's yeah, no. even helpful. No, I sure. don't know. I just know that I wasn't willing to take no for an answer. I let it hit. I let it get me for a while. And then I was like, enough is enough.
0: And and what about the people that are starting that weight journey? And it seems insurmountable. What, you, what can you tell them? Break
1: it down into chunks and take it one day at a time. Don't look at the whole, don't look at the big picture. Cause it's overwhelming. But if you break it down into five pound increments, break it down into chunks, break it down into one action instead of a whole big bunch of things that you have to do, just do one thing really well for until it becomes second nature and then pick something else and have a good support system because a good support system is really important.
0: And I think the one thing I'll add just to kind of piggyback off what we talked about earlier is find a really compelling why you're doing it.
1: Oh, absolutely. You got to have your why. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, everybody wants to look better. Of course I wanted to look better, but I didn't feel good. Like I was, I, I, I wasn't living my life. I was really, life was passing me by because I was too insecure, too self-conscious, too self-loathing, to live I just wanted to hide I never wanted to be seen
0: yeah yeah for sure so um, tell me where people can find you
1: so um, they can find me on Instagram at mlfit underscore fedwell find me there you can DM me Um, I do personal training and nutrition coaching and
0: that's, that's spot. where you can find me awesome yeah and we'll be yeah. sure to include a link in the show posting for this so check, make sure you check that out so last question what's the legacy you want to leave on the world
1: oh my god um, just that I just being a good human that's really it just being a good human and Staying humble and grateful and kind and I don't know that that's that's it. I just that's all. No, that's
0: good. That's what we should be. That should be, that is a <laughs> that is a perfectly great legacy. Just be a good human. I love it. All right, everybody. If uh, you want to check out our website, please visit our website. I said that all wrong, so I'm going to edit that and start over. Please check out our website at stormchamp.com. There you will find links to all our previous posts previous episodes and to all of our social media michelle thanks again it's been a pleasure and i appreciate you coming on the show
1: oh well thanks for having me it was fun